Jen Parado is the executive director of an organization called Simon's Heart. The vision of this organization is a future in which parents and communities do not lose children to detectable and treatable heart conditions. The mission of Simon's Heart is to create and advance innovative and evidence-based programs, policies, and research that prevent sudden cardiac arrest and death in children, teens, and young adults. Jen is here to share with us more about the importance of early detection screenings, life-saving AED machines, and the amazing work that this organization is doing nationwide to bring attention to this very important cause. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Be The Good Podcast. I am your host, Christy McCaffrey, and I have with me here today, Jen Parado. How are you, Jen? Hey, Christy. Thanks so much for having us. I'm great. I'm very happy to have you here to talk about the organization that we're here to talk about, which is Simon's Heart. So Simon's Heart was started by a for a boy named Simon who died before his time. Every chapter that your organization has written contains the names of families and children who have been impacted by heart conditions and or sudden cardiac arrest. The vision of your organization is a future in which parents and communities do not lose children to detectable and treatable heart conditions. Can you tell us more about Simon and how this organization first came to be? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, You know, Simon passed away 18 years ago this year. He died of a detectable and treatable heart condition. So what that means is he passed away of what they thought was SIDS. Turns out it wasn't. Pediatrician said, mom and dad, you should have your hearts checked because we're pretty sure this was a genetic condition in his heart that he passed away from. So mom and dad get their hearts checked. Turns out mom has the same rare condition in which Simon passed away from. So in essence, his death saved her life, which is extremely powerful. Um, So from that point forward, mom and dad decided to launch Simon's Heart to protect hearts and save the lives of youth, teens, and young adults. We do that a few different ways in our programming, but over the years, we've screened almost 18,000 hearts. We've placed hundreds of AEDs in the community, and we've taught hundreds of thousands of individuals the, the skill of CPR. Wow, that's amazing and such a heartbreaking story. Um, but also, I think it comes to mind every time I talk to somebody when we're talking about a nonprofit that was created out of loss. Um, the beauty that can be found in that unfortunate loss is all the lives you're saving and all the lives you're you're touching with the work that they've now created in the world. So I read on your website that children leave the hospital as newborns and their hearts are not screened until they are symptomatic or middle-aged adults, which is really wild information. I would not have known that until I read it. Um, And your nonprofit focuses on the conditions that lead to sudden cardiac arrest and death in children. There is no national registry. And sadly, there is not much research being done either. So can you tell us more about how your organization is working to help address that issue? Yeah. So first of all, in our heart screenings of the thousands of kids we've screened over the years, we um, ask permission, of course, to have their data put into our our data registry. So that way, our research team and researchers anywhere around the country actually can have access to that data and really study why and where and at what point in their lives is this happening. We check their eyes and their ears in school every day. Like I'm a mom, I have three kids. Every year they get their eyes and their ears checked. 
they don't get their hearts checked. They don't get anything beyond a stethoscope. So what we want is, and if there are signs and symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest, not to blow them off, right? My kid has a history of fainting. He's dehydrated, says the pediatrician. There could be something underlying. We hope he's just dehydrated. But if he's not, how would you know that if you don't pursue further testing? So we are doing, we have an IRB approved study here at a local hospital in Philadelphia. We have our chief medical officer who also checks the hearts of all the amazing Philadelphia Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, um, Phillies, Union. I don't want to leave anyone out, but he's (laughs) in charge of all of their hearts. So he always is top of mind for youth athletes to be checked. So we are doing research. We have our own database and registry. And then we also are really on the other side, you know, we've screened 18,000 kids, 135 of those kids we've caught a heart condition in. So it's possible that kid just got on a watch and wait after he was diagnosed, or some of them have gotten right into open heart surgery. So we're really just trying to prevent sudden death by preventing um, it happening before uh, it's too late. Wow. Yeah. The numbers that you share there, that really highlights the need for this type of screening because it just goes unknown. And then unfortunately it can happen. The child's on a, you know, playing on a field and just it suddenly hits them. And that, that was my next question is actually, can you explain for us the difference between sudden cardiac arrest and a heart attack or heart failure? And how does that differ in children versus adults? Yeah. So cardiac arrest is when the electrical current has, a, let's say, a hiccup in it, right? Um, a heart attack has something to go on with, with the plaque and the fluids in your in your heart. So your heart beats because of an elect- electrical in your system. So what we really want people to understand is a clear difference. Um, but there may not be that difference in, in protocol and what you do. We still want people to be checked out no matter what's happening. It's just that if you're going into cardiac arrest, you are going slowly into sudden death, um, where if you're having a heart attack, you have a little bit more time, sometimes not all the time, um, to get to get some care. So the way in which you treat each um, are also very different. If someone is going into sudden cardiac arrest, they're not moving, they're not talking, they're not breathing. You really want to make sure you call 911, which you do in both cases, that you start CPR. You want to do that on someone that's walking and talking with a heart attack. Um, and then you find that AED, which will create that electrical current back on their heart. Wow. Yeah, that's really valuable information. And thank you for explaining the difference. So your mission is to create and advance innovative and evidence-based programs, policies, and research that prevent sudden cardiac arrests and death in children, teens, and young adults. Can you tell us more about the programs and initiatives you currently have in place to achieve these goals? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I love the program side of our organization. It's the most fun to talk about. So of course, we just talked about heart screenings. Um, We screen kids all over the country, depending on how we do that through private practice cardiologists that have donated their facilities and their time, or we'll pop up in a high school gym or in the fall, we'll hopefully be um, screening with the Philadelphia Eagles at the link. So it really depends on, on how we're doing it, but we're getting that done. Uh, our second program that we do is our AED program. It's called Got AED. We really believe that AEDs belong everywhere children learn and play. AEDs aren't really that popular, but since DeMar Hamlin collapsed on Monday Night Football, we have seen an increase in the awareness of how, why did that work so well? How come he's okay? Well, that's because they got an AED on him in like 15 seconds. 
So now all of a sudden, God AED is popular. If you are interested in an AED, you can go there and crowdfund for it. Maybe me and you, we have a network of friends. We can all donate $25 at a time, get an AED where it needs it, where our kids maybe play, use soccer or dance, something like that. Now, for communities that really need them, they can't afford to do that. We also have a lot of grant funding to support AADs where children cannot afford to place them. They have much different things to worry about. So we're hoping to place AADs as far and wide as we can through our Got AED program. You can find that on simontalk.org or through gotaed.org if you want to support or reach out for an AED in the area. A third program we have is our CPR jukebox. It's so fun to do travels around the country. We're actually going to be at the NCAA Final Four in April on the court with the CPR jukebox. It is a giant inflatable literal jukebox. It's so fun. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure if you learned CPR through the song Staying Alive or not, but that's what a lot of people remember, certainly from the show The Office. The reason that song is important to CPR is that it goes 120 beats per minute. So that's how fast you should be doing CPR when you're doing compressions. So the jukebox comes into place because there's a lot more fun songs that go 120 beats per minute than just the staying alive. So if you go on Spotify, plug in CPR jukebox, you'll see hundreds of songs that you can play to remind yourself, this is the pace in which I should be doing CPR. So it's an inflatable jukebox. We have kickballs that come with us. Instead of of dummies, we have kickballs. So we say, grab a ball, pick a song, push to the beat, surprise, you're learning CPR. So it's a fun way for the community. We travel everywhere. We we love traveling with it because it's so easy and it brings people over. They're like, what is this? And then you say, you know, we're going to learn CPR today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So That's one of our great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Our founder, Simon's dad, Darren, came up with it. It's just so fun to implement and to do. We always like to say saving lives is serious, but learning how can be fun. So hopefully we'll make it a little less scary to do CPR. Um, Our fourth pillar is our advocacy. So we really strive to advocate both locally and federally for change in SCA legislation. So anything to prevent sudden cardiac arrest, we're trying to do that. Coaches, teachers, parents, young adults, we really want people to know the signs and symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest. Sometimes a kid will go down without a single sign or symptom. So we want you to know what to do in the case of an emergency. So we've passed legislation in 16 states so far, and we're hoping to pass federal legislation once we present it, uh, maybe at the end of the year. Wonderful. It's just so wonderful how many different ways that you guys are tackling this issue and making sure that, you know, get the education, the advocacy, the, the skills out there that people need in the the event of an emergency like this, which could happen to anybody at any time. So your organization's core values include curiosity, integrity, empathy, innovation, and collaboration. Can you tell us more about each of these values and how each value is a focus of your efforts? Yeah, I mean, it would take me maybe another 30 minutes to talk through each value individually, but the culture of Simon's Heart is open. It's curious because we don't want to silo ourselves in one methodology. We understand that in order to get everyone on the same page to protect hearts and save lives, we have to be curious and have integrity and have all of those pieces um, to provide the right care for our patients and their families. 
Yeah. And that, that intentionality behind your efforts goes a long way, I'm sure. So I saw that we talked about this a little bit. You mentioned it, but the Philadelphia Eagles are involved as a partner with your organization. Um, and they recently made a donation in honor of Damar Hamlin. It was incredibly scary what happened to Damar, as you were mentioning. But I, I think the silver lining in that situation is that it brought this issue to light on a much bigger stage, which is important. Um, so that we can protect more hearts and save more lives. So what would you say is the importance of young athletes in particular being screened? Yeah, thanks for saying that. No, I mean, it's was the day the Eagles tweeted us, you know, we're just like this little nonprofit here in, in Philly. And to be tweeted by the team was like, oh, my, like, all of us were just in <laughs> awe and, and so grateful. And I was like, oh my God, we just went national like overnight. Um, so it was, it was wonderful. And they really understood. We partnered with them since 2014. They, um, we are an Eagles Cares partner along with many other amazing nonprofits here in Philly. And we just, we were calling them as soon as this happened with Samar and saying, look, we let's talk. This is getting serious. So um, thank goodness after the days that followed, he was fine. That's not certainly not always the case with what's going on. Um, but in terms of youth athletes, youth athletes are the most at risk for sudden cardiac arrest. I'll say that again. Sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of student athletes in the United States. So that when you see kids going down for seemingly no reason, it's because they've probably went into cardiac arrest and possibly had an uh, tr um, a condition that could have been both detected and treated. So it's our number one goal to make sure that they are not only aware that our programs exist, but do not ignore your symptoms. If you're feeling tired, lighthearted, if you're fainting, if you have shortness of breath, Hopefully that's because you're just working your tail off because you're a great athlete. But if you're, if something's happening that you feel uncomfortable with, um, tell someone. The other thing we want people to know is not to go into the bathroom when you don't feel good. You know this, Christy, when we don't feel good, we're like, I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want anyone to know. I'm just going to go and go, go you know, somewhere else. Um, we recently met a family that her 13-year-old son, perfectly healthy, happy athlete, started not feeling good, went down in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So the time in which he could get care was really limited because no one knew he was in there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just recently I've been talking about this because it's not something I had considered before. It's just, you know, you don't feel good, tell someone. If your heart has, has a lot of palpitations you know, talk to your doctor and your parents should be advocating too. If you've had a COVID diagnosis, tell your doctor you want an EKG. EKGs were not normally covered by insurance companies. If you just randomly want one, you got to have a sign or a symptom. They're being a little more flexible because they're showing that if you've had a COVID diagnosis, um, you know, something could go on with your heart. So we'd like to just check it out. Insist on that. I even tell my kid's pediatrician like, hi. I'd like an EKG for my kid. And they're like, yeah, does she really need one? I'm like, hi, I'm Jen from Simon's Heart. It's nice to meet you. You know, <laughs> but I shouldn't have to do that, right? I shouldn't have to name drop or tell them who I am to get what I need for my child. Yeah. And I really think it's super important that example you just gave of don't go away. I, I think of my own son, who's a nine-year-old athlete. Um, 
that that's exactly what he would do. He would go into the bathroom. He would want to be away from people so that nobody saw him not feeling well, but that's really dangerous. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because it will, it's inspiring me now to have that conversation with him. And I'm sure that all of your initiatives and all the efforts you have out there, that's exactly what you're aiming to do is just plant these seeds so that parents are having the conversations with their children and parents are having, should be having the conversation with, you know, the youth organizations or the coaches to say, what do we have in place if this happens? Yeah. You right. know, like, your are AD? we prepared? Are we prepared? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us because that, that really is an important tip. Uh, and your organization works with a group of students who themselves have been impacted by sudden cardiac related issues. So can you tell us how they are now a part of your mission uh, to protect hearts and save lives? Um, how are they helping you carry on your mission? Yeah, I love these students. This is probably one of my favorite part of our organization because they are motivated, young hungry, right, for it. And so we have, they're called our Simon's Heart Ambassadors, our high school group. They are entrepreneurial programming that allows them to talk about Simon's Heart publicly in their schools, allows them to pitch their um, sponsorships for their signature event to companies and businesses alike. It allows them to intern with us and teach other people how to do CPR, how to save a life. They can come to our heart screening. So there's about 40 students right now represented in our high school program. And usually one represents a school around or they have teams within their schools. So it is a really unique way to protect hearts and save lives and get some volunteer and school credit for doing it at the same time. They're so fun. A lot of them have heart conditions. Um, a lot of them, we, we started because they had heart conditions, but we've grown because now they know, okay, my friend wants to be an ambassador because he knows someone that has a heart condition. So they don't always have a heart condition themselves, but they certainly are impacted by our mission. They're fun. They come, they came to our um, event over the weekend and they worked that event, man. They do auction, they do, you know, check-in, they're they're everywhere. And they you can just see them just beaming with pride because of what they do. It's so cool. So if anybody wants to learn more about our high school program, we're always recruiting. Our signature event is in March. We're actually having a CPR marathon. So these kids over the course of four hours will do 200,000 compressions. So that means they're going to go right on the stage, do compressions for their allotted time. Some do it for 10 minutes, some do it for an hour, and they just pump them out. So we'll have a DJ and music and food trucks, and it'll be a great time. What a great community building type of project too. You know, I... I would imagine that it's super helpful to you to have those extra hands <laughs> on deck when you're, you know, putting on a big event, but it's also a great opportunity for them to feel a part of a community and a part of, um, you know, just getting uh, the seed planted. I always talk about this on this podcast that sometimes it just takes like a little spark in all of us, that little tug. We all want to feel like we're making an impact in some way. We all feel drawn to help, but a lot of times we don't know how to, or we don't know where to go. Or we don't know what to do, but for kids, that's even harder. You know, if they feel that tug, that pull, they're less likely to act on it. They need to kind of be brought into something like that where they're, you know, my friend has a condition. So now I have a reason to want to be involved. And then once they do it, it's like, they're hooked, I'm sure, because yeah, they well, feel so they, good. Yeah, they have fun. Well, 
we we do you know toss the carrot of like do you want to go teach CPR at an Eagles game or you know you want to come you want to come hang out with the fanatic with us while we're doing it but really at the end of the day I think if they didn't get any of that they would still do it and that's because they understand the the impact that they're having on other kids on parents I I always say this, I'm so impressed by them because when I was 15, I certainly wasn't thinking about, you know, how I'm going to lead a group. I always compare my board chair of the organization to the lead ambassador. And I'm like, they're literally the same. They're doing the same thing with their same individuals, with those volunteers, and they're moving mountains with what they're doing. Sometimes the ambassadors are doing a little more than the adults. So it's so fun to watch. That is awesome. That is really, really cool. And you're you're, we talk a lot about community on this podcast. So I know I just mentioned it, but I want to bring it back to it. So can you tell us first what you think the value of community is in relation to awareness, early detection, and especially in support of those who have lost a child in such a devastating and sudden way? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I came on this organization almost three years ago. Since then, I've met the parents of um, half a dozen children that have lost their life to sudden cardiac arrest. Um, I myself have not lost a child and not lost a child to cardiac arrest. So I cannot put myself in their shoes. However, I can help them build their community of, of empathy, of what to do in case of an emergency. And I see the fire in their eyes when they want to make sure Others in their community do not suffer from the same condition. You know, Darren and Phyllis Sudman, Simon's parents, their vision for the organization is a future in which parents and communities do not lose children to detectable, treatable heart conditions. We have to do that. And we're doing that one step at a time every time we meet one of these families that have lost. But I cannot wait for the day that it's not families that are having lost anymore. It's really families that are like, hey, by the way, remember that family from several years ago? We're doing this for them because we don't ever want this to happen again. So pulling everyone in. We saw our community come together when Damar Hamlin collapsed. We're calling, we're talking. Are you triggered because you saw that? How are you doing? Are you angry? There's there's wonderful support groups out there, um, specifically through the SADS program. You know, we don't have a support group because we have our other pillars, but we push people to other nonprofits in case they need that extra lift because you know everyone has a different condition. All the kids that are we save their lives in our heart screenings. Those parents have a different feeling and result than when DeMar collapsed, than maybe when when their child collapsed and passed away. So we're, we're here for it. We're here to listen. I know so many parents that are like, hey, Jen, I didn't realize what you do now until until we just saw it go, go viral on national TV. You know, I'm like, okay, well, now you really get it. So where's your AED? What are you doing for your kids? So yeah, it really a- was a wake up call, I think. Um, and again, like it's it's awful that he had to experience that or that it had to happen at all. But it's powerful the way that it educated all of us and really made people stop and think about how quickly something like that can go go wrong, you know. And if you're if that AED wasn't there, what would have happened, you know? And I I'm glad in that sense that it has brought people to you and brought people to your work um, for all the reasons that you just explained. And so we also like to talk about the topic of compassion on this podcast. So can you tell us what your own definition of compassion is and how it relates to the work that you do? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I, we talked about this a little bit before, but I, um, I couldn't do this work if I didn't feel a level of compassion for children and families and, and really what they're going through. And for me, it's, being there for them. It, compassion and empathy for me go, go sort of hand in hand because I want to make sure that we have that level of empathy for each and every individual. You know, I've spoken to the rare condition that Simon died from is genetic, right? His mom had it. Other people could have had it in their family. I've just talked to another family. They had a lost her 19-year-old daughter to the same condition Simon died from. Genetic condition. Now, a lot of the family has been diagnosed with it soon, late afterwards, after she died. The grandmother is blaming herself. I'm like, you can't, you can't blame yourself, but I have so much compassion for you thinking that it's somehow your fault because you happen to have the same genetic condition that your granddaughter had. I feel so much empathy for them because I want to be there for them. And so the way we're going to tackle that is, okay, I hear this. Now we're going to go, we're going to pass federal legislation to make sure this doesn't happen to any other kids. We're going to take action in our organization and move it forward. So whether it's in my work life or my personal life, when I feel this for, for a cause or something, or I feel calling to handle it. All right. Gather the troops. We're going to, we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And that is compassion in action. Mm-hmm. That, that really is, you know, what can I do? How can I take steps? Like you can't, fix it, you can't undo it, but how can you use your compassion to fuel change or or fuel some sort of um, impact? And that's exactly what you're doing. So lastly, can you tell us how can our listeners support this incredible ongoing mission and how can we follow along with your work? Yeah, I love that question. So, you know, we're on all the social channels at Simon's Heart, at Simon's Heart Org. We are always actively seeking volunteers. If you are a medical professional, want to come to one of our heart screenings, reach out to us, just shoot us a DM on our social channels send us, uh, you know, sign up on our website, simonsheart.org. We're also always looking for donations. So simonsheart.org is a great place to do that as well. But volunteers, recruitment, also talk to your pediatricians, talk to your coaches, talk to your community, just tell them, hey, are we are we ready? You know, this conversation is a little bit easier now since it was on national TV, but it's going to fade away that that effect. And so just keep the conversation going. My program manager, every time she sees an AED, she sends me a picture. She's like, oh, my God, I found the AED. And I'm like, oh, if everyone could have this level of compassion or passion for um, an AED, we would be in a much better place than we are now. You're doing really important and powerful, life-saving work, your whole organization. And I really really appreciate you giving us this education and the inspiration and motivation to do what needs to be done um, so that we can save lives and protect hearts. Thank you so much for being here, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for all the work that you're doing and shout out to all the nonprofits across the country that are making this world go around. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Be The Good Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at be the good underscore media and visit us at www.bethegoodmedia.com. And remember, we can all find our own way to be the good. Be the good.